Welcome to the 9 to 5 Joy podcast. We are super excited to have you here. I am Mappy Garcia. And I'm Christine Selby. On our podcast, we're going to be interviewing some amazing guests about how joy happens at work. This month in particular, we're going to be talking about our why. We have a feeling that this is a pretty relevant topic right now. We want to understand the benefit of having a shared understanding of joy at work and what are the possible downfalls if we choose to ignore it. We want to know not only how does this impact our lives, but how does it impact the lives of people around us? We are so thankful you're joining us for the ride. This is the 9 to 5 Joy podcast. Our guest today is Trina Harris. She is the CEO of Touching Miami with Love. We're so excited to have her on. Touching Miami with Love is a community-driven organization in Overtown, a neighborhood here in Miami. They provide youth and family services um, to many, many people in the community. Trina is also a business owner. She owns a store called Sweet 110 Urban Wear in Overtown, and she's a community advocate. She's a leader. She serves as a council member for the Overtown Common Good Initiative. She's a wife and a mother of two, and we're so excited to have her on the show today. Trina, welcome to the show. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey? Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm Mappy and Christine. It's just an honor to be um, a part of this conversation. Um, like in your introduction said, I am a loving mother um, at, at bay um, of two daughters, one that's 15 and uh, 19. And that is a journey of joy of itself. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I'm just excited to be a part of the conversation. I mean, I love the work that I do in the community of Overtown and also in Homestead. And I'm just excited to um, continue uh, the conversation and be a part of the great things that are happening in our in our community. Thank you so much, Trina. We are super, super excited to have you Um you know, you, we believe you're one of those forces in Miami right now that it's really bringing people together and thinking about innovative ways in which we can embrace our diversity and work together and come together to build a better city. And obviously that also starts with how we show up and how we build community, not just outside of our organizations, but mostly, you know, in the daily work that we do and with the people that we get to work with. Uh, so thank you again for being here. Um, as you know, our podcast um, is an attempt to really start a conversation and sort of go deeper in conversations around joy, why it's important to have it at work and how it impacts employee well-being and uh, also organizational productivity. So we think that you are a perfect person to talk to us about that not just in your role as CEO, but also as a community advocate, which we know it's really, really difficult work. So um, given that we want to explore this idea of joy at the workplace, and we sort of shared with you before uh, what the podcast was about, what was it compelling to you about this idea of joy at the workplace uh, so that you agreed to the interview with us? It's one of those things where we had to understand the purpose and why we're at work and understand the amount of time we spend at work and the need for a joy and communion and happiness um, and a pleasant environment um, while we're spending so many hours there with people. 
I think for me, the human element is one of the most important components in no matter where we are, whether it's community, whether it's work, whether it's home, and understanding that we are all humans and we have feelings, we have needs, and we have to um, be okay with understanding which each individual um, needs are and what makes them tick and what makes them successful. and what makes them happy and joyful in an environment um, at work, it's value. It's, I mean, it's vital. Um, it, it involves, I mean, it can determine the productivity, the outcomes. It can determine the culture and the space of the environment. So it's several components where joy um, in the workplace is, is extremely important. That's that's so interesting to me that you mentioned time because, or I, I shouldn't say interesting, like it just really resonates with me because it's something that I always think about is we spend an average, right? An average, sometimes more, rarely less than 40 hours a week at work. Um, and I think if if that time isn't joyful, mm-hmm. then we really have to look at it and say like, well, what are we doing there's something mm-hmm. off you know mm-hmm. and I think oftentimes you know we we live in a culture of complaining about work and all this stuff so to me that is something that really resonates with me about these conversations that we're having and it's it's really interesting because it also brings me back to the reason why we selected nine to five joy when you think about nine to five that sort of the use of the nine to five is like, oh, that thing I have to do for eight hours a day, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Like it's always, oh my gosh, I have to go to work. Oh my gosh, when is this day going to be over? When is my break? We want to alleviate those conversations of like the negative connotation of going to work and say, oh my gosh, the time has went by so fast. And oh, I forgot, it's time for me to go home. Right. And you, you want to create that form of experience um, compared to a drag or burdensome or cumbersome environments um, yes. at work. Yes, yeah. it's so refreshing to hear yeah. you. Um, somebody so important in the community talk about that. So happy. Okay. So if you were to think about the most joyful experience that you've had in your professional career versus the least joyful one, um, what would you say were those two experiences like? I would say the most joyful experience that I have had at work is doing our team building um, activities or um, engagement opportunities um, at work whether it's when we're planning for the beginning of the year and we have to kind of lay out the lay of the land for the full year and we get to be big kids because at the end of the day in our organization, most of our work is youth driven. Mm -hmm. So we have to create an environment and a space that is conducive, fun, engaging for young people. So if our team isn't having fun and excited and engaging, how can they spur that over to our young people? So it's important during our team building activities and icebreaker activities that we're having fun. So if we can do kind of, um, I'll give an example. I think one of the, the staff gatherings that we had, we had an opportunity to kind of go outside and do like hot shot basketball and do like relay races as we train up 
for what we're going to implement with our young people. But seeing like grown adults being so <laughs> competitive <laughs> and you hear that inner child, like, oh my gosh, you're cheating. And the things that we try to have our kids not do come out um, at adults and just seeing smiles and interactions and being able to kind of regurgitate some of the memories of them sharing. Oh my gosh, I remember when I was in elementary school and played this game. But now they're able to do that in their adulthood um, and create um, more memories of life that is impactful and is life-giving. And we're at work. That is the the beauty of kind of, I think that was one of kind of the great moments of being at work with our team. And then one of the, I would say, the low point moments would be if we, if it's like, the work just becomes daunting or our our staff team doesn't have the support that is needed whether i mean i know we experience really hardship like after covid or during covid when like we had like um folks that are resigning or folks that are moving and then you have kind of inflation and folks are trying to balance out life and life is really lifing for our, our staff team and as a leader we we have to figure out how to stop the bleed mm-hmm. or how to um, galvanize a team so the environment doesn't stink. Because when it does, it affects the whole organization and it tri- trickles down to the work or the impact that we want to have with the kids and the young people is um, in jeopardy. So those are kind of the low moments of maybe not having enough staffing support for the team and then more strain and burden gets put on other team members, which can be tough. Yeah, absolutely. I want to ask a follow-up question about that. And we're going to get into, like, I think into more specifics here in a minute, but so were there one or two things that like, you're in this situation, you see the problem. There's no handbook for this, Mm -hmm. right? Like there's no specific thing. What are some of the things that you did in that moment? In, In moments, you just have to stop breathe, take a step back, and then kind of make a decision that it may not be the decision that everyone likes, but it may be the decision that gets us through so we can actually have a plan. So sometimes you have to put a Band-Aid on it and put it in the parking lot in order to devise a plan of action. So for example, in some moments, I mean, we have to, okay, let's, let's pause. Let's create a plan if we need to, okay, combine groups. If it's if it's the related to children's program, combine groups, bring in kind of our admin staff to assist with um, programming or in situations where, um, let's say, a vehicle breaks down. <laughs> and mm-hmm. as a leader of an organization, you have to make sure that kids are transported from point A to point B. What do you do in those moments? Um, so it's a lot of delegation. It's a lot of making sure you have partnerships that you can kind of reach out to others. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, because I'm a new CEO, so even though I've been in the world of working in children and youth um, programs, I have to uh, phone a friend, phone <laughs> phone a friend. And that can be another CEO from another organization that has more experience in this work, this line of work that we're doing. It can be, it can be, 
um, someone in a in an industry. It can be a funding partner. Um, those are some of the ways that kind of I sit back. And then it's let's talk to the team. <laughs> let's huddle because one of the things that we've implemented, okay, team huddle, let's bring everyone together. So everyone's on the same page because in those low moments, sometimes communication can be kind of a, a barrier and that can cause more confusion. So let's get everybody on the same page. Let's huddle. Let's um, have clear assignments and then let's execute. I love that you said that. I really do because it just brings out like one of the things that I love about you and your leadership style is that it never leaves people out Mm -hmm. of the situation Mm -hmm. because it's really hard, I think, to have joy or even like any type of uh, agency at work when you're feeling left out of decisions that are impacting you. And I think you do an excellent job of that. Yeah, that's something that we've had to learn. Like as leaders, you're we are always learning. I'm one that's an always a learner. Mm-hmm. And hearing, giving our team voice is important. I would say that is one thing that will promote and elevate joy in any setting. When folks have a voice to be a part of the conversation and also contribute to the solution. Yes, I think that, you know, you've you've just said it so beautifully, like touching so many of the elements that we've been learning about in terms of team culture and joy, you know, because it doesn't joy doesn't mean that there are not going to be challenges and you're not going to be in situations where things are not going the way that you were expecting them to be. But the way to get through those moments, the way to continue to be a team and to flourish even after those uh, challenging times uh, is really based on those elements that made you a team in the first place and that you know brought up that joy like that is a foundation of who you are so you touch on the human element like really being able to connect to people to explore you know like who they are who they were as children like how have them sort of make connections between you know who they are as individuals and then the role that they have then being able to be vulnerable and be like, you know, I really don't know how to do this. Even though I'm the leader and I'm supposed to have the answers, I don't have them. And guess what? You all matter. I see you. We all belong to this. Mm-hmm. And I want you to contribute to uh, what, you know, we're creating together. So I, yeah, I couldn't agree with Christine more. You've just given us like a really amazing summary with very specific <laughs> examples. Yeah. So, um, those elements that we've been identifying as as joyful and as building that team culture. So I'm sure that I didn't mention any everything that you uh, talked about, but if you were to pinpoint to the one or two things that you feel are the most key, like the glue, that the real thing that you could not live without um, as a leader and, you know, in sort of nurturing that well-being within your employees, what would that be? I think the one thing is that's important that I've seen that has really jailed the employees that are really the nucleus of our organization is open conversations, open lines of communication, being able to really know and learn who we are, what are our shortcomings, where do we need boost ups. What are things that are triggers? What are things that will prevent an individual from being happy or fulfilled? 
And sometimes that can be someone taking a stapler completely off someone's desk. <laughs> or that can be, hey, like, I am overwhelmed today because my child got in trouble at school and this has been a problem. Can I take 20 minutes to get my kind of self back in a space where I can work? Because sometimes as leaders, we may see staff underperforming in a certain way, but if we don't really have conversations, sometimes it's a reason for the why. So understanding the why is important and that's some of the things that I try to do with our team. Okay, let's understand why things aren't gelling or why communication was missed or why we have folks that are unhappy or why we have a folk that is leave wants to leave or don't want to be a part of the agency anymore. Looking at those exit surveys, if someone has left, like, okay, what are some of the reasons? What could we have done better? So kind of that self-evaluation piece, it would be another um, component that I would say. So open conversations, knowing the why, understanding the why, and self-evaluation regularly. I love it. So I was like actually yes. taking notes on those yeah, as too. we were going, because it's like, <laughs> it's so good. Um, but okay. So now you, we've, we've talked about this a little bit. You have transitioned. You're the CEO of an organization now. So now it's, it's, you're in a place where you get to really make decisions about this. You don't just get to talk about it in theory. You get to make decisions about it. So my question is how, A, how big of a priority is it for you? building joy in the workplace and B, what are the things that you are doing or are hoping to do to support it and encourage it? Oh, that's a good question. I think for me, it's one of those things where coming in as a new CEO, you want to make sure you get things right. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's a huge learning curve. And when folks are coming into any position into an organization and I think it, it's one of those things where I've had to learn to prioritize what's important and thinking about our assets. So we can't be successful. I'm not successful without my team. Our kids aren't successful without qualified, happy, joyful leaders. Our community doesn't benefit from... <laughs> Um, a lack of unhappy, disgruntled individuals. So it's all a kind of a circular, one piece isn't working, the whole ship sails. It will not sail. So it's one of those things where it's important to remember. And that's something I'm still learning and I'm still working through. Um, I'm going to have a leadership meeting with my team next week because we have, we're onboarding new people um, to our team and we have to make sure, okay, the folks that have been there don't feel any type of way. They're there. It's a cohesive. We're having those getting to know you moments up front because in the busyness of this work, pieces can be missed and those intentional moments can be missed. And it's so important that we take time to pause, step back and see what are we doing? Why are we doing this? What do we need to be doing? So it's a constant level of uh, evaluation. It's a constant level of check-ins that are needed. I think for me, it's one of those things that I'm doing is to understand that burnout is real. 
because everyone's tolerance and work level and workload is very different. And I know me, Trina Harris, which I am learning cannot um, embark my, like my efforts of my work habits onto anyone else because I can be extreme <laughs> and kind of working in my workload and kind of not turning off because this, some of the work that I do is a hobby for me. It's, I enjoy it, but I have to understand that everyone is in the same place and no like shade towards anyone else, but everyone has their limits and what they can do. So understanding that balance and understanding that self-care is vital. So I think one of the things that we did um, a couple months ago with our team, we surprised them and had like a staff luncheon and brung in a masseuse to be able to give like 20 to 30 minute massages like while they're at work to be able to allow them to learn breathing techniques, to allow them to just decompress because the work that we do is tough and it's hard and to hear some of our staff members that have never had a massage before. And I know how powerful it is for me. And I know how tense I get when I don't have those things. And it can result in a lack of joy. <laughs> so being able to <laughs> being able to kind of bring that to our team and seeing the joy that it um provided was um a really great um experience. So I know bringing in those little tidbits that sometimes some folks take for granted, we have to understand that some things aren't accessible to everyone and those nuggets of joy and connecting life experiences in the work environment um, is important when you think of self-care. That is uh, so interesting that you said yeah. that, uh, that, that you went there because uh, right before the interview, Christine and I were, you know, like talking a little bit about everything that you you do. And um, Christine was just like, oh my God, she just doesn't stop. She has all this stuff like happening. And one of the things that, that sort of led to the conversation is, you know, it will be so great to hear about and learn about how can you, you know, although you have like so many pieces that you are kind of juggling, right, as a leader. And I think this applies to many leaders in, 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 in organizations, right? You have all these things going on. So how do you still prioritize joy, make it intentional in the workplace, but start with yourself? And you just, it's so crazy how you, how you started that, right? Because you cannot, it's very difficult to implement and to be authentic mm -hmm. about these things being important if you are not making them important Correct. in your own life yeah. and then making the time and making them intentional for everybody that works with you. So if you were to give mm -hmm. a, a, another piece of wisdom to people that are in similar positions to yours, you know, like leaders have a huge responsibility on the tone that they set for their organization and whether they make it a priority or not. Because as you said, you can be doing the busy work. You have like so much going on that actually taking the time to do those things. A lot of people see it as luxuries, right? And maybe things that are like, I'm, I'm doing quotations, <laughs> like, you know, like waste time. Air quotes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, so, so yeah, I think if you can just talk a little bit more about 
that piece specifically as a leader, taking care of yourself and then like truly being intentional and prioritizing um, joy and self-care. I would I would preface this by saying I'm still learning and working through <laughs> this. Um, but as a leader, what I'm learning is the 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 workload doesn't stop, right? For for and and I can speak for me in my role in the nonprofit industry because you, it's so many components um, that take a toll. Not only when you're there doing the work hours, but the mental thought that goes into the work that we're doing um that takes a toll and sometimes that work does go home a lot of folks say don't let allow your work to go home with you but it's hard it's extremely hard to turn your brain off uh when you're dealing with some of the issues or you're having to write grants or you're fundraising or you're strategizing or you're thinking about kind of the larger scale of impact that is needed um to break some of the racial divides or to create opportunities for others and break down barriers um, and all of those things. It takes so much level of thought process and commitment when sometimes that can be overwhelming and it isn't easy to turn, turn it off and turn it on. And it kind of coincides with life. And then your family's like, oh my gosh, you're not really here. You're not being present in the conversation at dinner or you're on your phone responding to an email or a text. But as a leader, I am learning to turn off, be okay with saying no. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say that again, be okay with saying no. Mm -hmm. Because we have to understand that as leaders, we're humans. We have to be fed. We have to be poured into. We have to think about our families. We have to think about our relationships and friends and what bring us joy outside of the work um, work field and the ways that we do that and what that in turn. Because at the end of the day, I was at a place where sometimes like I would be done at work and just be exhausted and can't do anything for myself as a person, I would want to just come home and eat and go to bed and no have no social engagement. I don't really connect with the family and that it's not healthy. So making sure that we are healthy as leaders and what the what that looks like is important and being able to disconnect um, as a leader is important. But as I say, I'm still working on it. Hence, I am. Take, but, took a day off Friday. Well, well, <laughs> no, and I mean, just like even the the way you started and yeah. ended that to me is like what makes you an effective leader because you're real. You're you see the issue. You're and you're willing to just be open, and that's what makes people effective. Is when or I think that's when people really want to follow people. Mm -hmm. is when they see the human side of mm -hmm. who you are and they know they can get on board with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I really want to thank you like for, for being open and vulnerable about that because it's super important. Um, okay. I want to ask you one more question that is a, a little, that kind of pivots into your advocacy work outside of touching Miami with love. Um, so you do, you're actually right now traveling because you were part of a, a, a cohort that went to a conference around 
um, open green spaces and bringing people together through those spaces and equity through those spaces. And we, before we got on the recording of this call, we all had a little bit of a conversation about that work and how it's ongoing work. It's, it, it's hard. There's a lot of moving pieces and it can feel draining at times. Uh, but from what I, you know, I, I see you continue to do it and I see you continue to gather people around that work. And so I really wanted to ask like, where for you, where's the connection between that work and joy? Because I have to believe if you keep going, there's some joy in it mm -hmm. um, and, and difficulties. But I wanted to ask you about that. So for me, growing up in the community of Overtown and historically African-American community, being born and raised there, still live there, homeowner in the community, knowing the history, the good, the bad and the ugly of history that have happened in our community, whether it's segregation or the urban removal, which was in turn, it was meant to be urban renewal, but it was actually urban re removal. The work of advocacy for African-American or Black people in my community is at heart. And it brings me joy when we have wins, when we can correct wrongs, when we can elevate our voice, when we can lift each other up, when we can build community together, when we can fellowship together in safe spaces, beautiful spaces, when we can create economic um economic opportunities and economic development opportunities for wealth growth and generational wealth growth in our community and a nation that our people have been um, suppressed for so many years, that brings joy. So the wins that happen in this tireless work that we do, that I'm doing, um, it, it's important. When I can train up a community, another community advocate or a community resident that wants to learn more about the work um, that will make a difference for our generations to come um, brings joy. Uh, when we're speaking to legislators and uh, decision makers about the work that we're doing or the work that is needed in our communities, and they sign off on a bill or a piece of law that benefits people, that brings joy. When I can come, I'm here and make, I was here making Georgia and the the harsh reality of the community work. I mean, I, I seen it was a part of the um, trans, the, uh, one of the terminals that was built in the 1980s and it still had engraved in the wall. It said colored waiting room and it's still up to this day um, in that space, seeing that, thinking about that, oh, people say, forget about our history, we're here now, but the remnants of that and the pain that my ancestors and family have endured to forget that and not remember that, I have to fight for our people and be at the table and be a part of the advocacy work. And because it's so many systems that redlining, and it's so many things that have taken place that have put our people so far behind that it's taken so many steps to get um, on track or even be at the table. If not, who, who else would do it? If it's not me, who else? And who's else at the table? If not now, then when? We, all, we have to be in the conversation. So 
I do it because it brings joy. I do it because I'm raising two daughters that um, they'll have either a legacy that they have to live on and build upon that will um, provide more opportunities um, for them and their kids um, that will be more equitable and inclusive and hopefully things will be, have a better outcome. And also, also for them learning their history. I mean, me being here, seeing plantations where my great-grandfather was conceived and he was conceived by his slave master and um, my great-grandmother. So knowing that history of how my lineage, lineage was brought to life all of those things bring me joy and pain of learning those things and going through the hardship because it is a lot of pain and wounds and trauma that experience but when you're able to bring things to life and see a a revolution and see change and have growth and have wins that is the joy that I'm continuing to have and putting in perspective um, each day in my community uh, advocacy work. Oh my gosh, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that, Trina. Like I, it's so beautiful how there's been a thread of the why, you know, this is, this goes back to the why and and you being able to, you know, connect to that why and to find joy in that why and the way that you also use it to, uh, sort of bring others and and align them to that why. Um, it's just it's just really amazing. So thank you, thank you for sharing. Thank you for uh, reminding us that at the core of all of this, uh, this is about we are all human. We all have histories. We all have a why. And again, joy and well being is not exclusive with challenge and you know burnout and a struggle mm-hmm. um and there is joy in the struggle as well because you know that you're moving towards your purpose and that you are being inspired by your why um i wish we could talk for like 10 you more do. hours about this we're yeah. gonna have to invite you back to talk about specifically the advocacy work because i think that what you're doing is absolutely amazing I can't wait to um, see you in person and talk about these things when you have time. <laughs> um, but uh, but we do have to uh, to cut it now short. Um, so, oh gosh. Um, so yeah, if you were, you have given us so many so nuggets many of wisdom um, that we could definitely take uh, from this conversation. Uh, but if you were to leave our audience with a 30 second piece of advice, um, related to either how to build their joy individually or what they can do to bring it into their organizations, something actionable and that you can really get people sort of behind. Um, what would that be? I would say, well, one, thank you guys both for allowing me this platform just to share a little bit about me and the work that I'm doing. You guys have been great um, and in targeting your questions. But I would say when it comes to creating joy and creating a culture of positivity and excitement in the workplace is allowing as a leader, allowing yourself to be vulnerable with your team, allowing yourself to be open and have conversations and bringing people together, always elevating the human element of the conversations in the room and understanding that people are assets 
And people are the reason why we do what we do, no matter what industry that we're in. So it's important to um, bring heart in the moment and understand that connecting experiences, work, um, conversations, bringing the heart out of that and creating an environment that is inclusive and that can bring voice is vital in any industry of work. That would be my 30 second spiel. <laughs> and it's Thank a great you. one. Yes. Yeah. Vulnerable, open. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Trina, thank you so much for being here. Um, I just, I feel like I'm going to have to go back and think about this for the rest of the day. <laughs> um, but really like this conversation was a gift to me and it brought me a lot of joy. And I'm, I'm so grateful for you for the work that you do. And I'm so grateful that you were here today with us. Thank you both so much. And I look forward to communicating and being a part of your podcast again at a later date. Yay. Yay. Thank you for joining us on our mission to make the workplace more joyful. I'm Christine Selby. And I am Mappy Garcia. And we would love to know what you think. Leave a review, subscribe, share with your friends. Also, follow us on social at 9to5joy. We would love to get your questions, joy tips, and any suggestions on guests you would like us to invite, including yourself. Until next time, spread, spread the joy! joy. Thank you.